Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. Again, apologies for maybe our um, gap in sharing another episode with you. There has been uh, some developments, so... Well, when we last went on, we did extensively talk about our Christmas episode <laughs> because we'd had a few weeks off for various reasons, me being ill for a few weeks is one of them. And uh, so we were really looking forward to our Christmas episode. We actually had an argument about it the week before on air, saying, should we give it a break at Christmas? And you said, no, 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 we have to do it, we have to do it. And yeah, then what yes. happened? Tell them. Then I caught COVID. Yes. He was diagnosed with COVID. So I'm a two-time survivor. Thank you. All right. Just saying. But anyway, <laughs> we, we didn't want to um, leave you without, because this and the topic of Christmas is is something that everyone knows and everyone loves we all have a bit of festive cheer and i hope you've all had a lovely christmas so i'm going to give you some christmas monsters and i'm going to give you some christmas traditions and origins and why we do some of the things that we do and i'm also going to tell you the real reason we celebrate christmas mm. and it's not about the birth of the bubba jesus well what we were saying earlier as well is um we veered off, well, it's not what we veered off, but we've done a lot of the unusual in the yeah. last few episodes. I mean, Halloween week, we did lots of ghosts and stuff, and we always do ghosts, but I think we should top it off. Um, we should do another one. Our next one soon, we're, we're going to concentrate on ghosts again, aren't we? Yeah, we, we'll and maybe, get back to, may, our, maybe go back to Christmas our ghosts. I mean, that, you know, or uh, ghost sightings at Christmas or New Year. Maybe that should be our next topic. Th maybe that'll be our next one. Um, and I'll, I'll have a little route about online, see what I can find, see what research I can do. But yeah, we have kind of, we have veered off a little bit and we have done a lot of the weird and the unusual as opposed to the paranormal. So we will get back to our roots in the new year, I'm sure. So... Without further ado, mm. I start with our first Christmas monster. Right, go on then. Krampus. Right, well now all I've heard of Krampus is the kids' cartoon Krampus, the kids' movie. That's not a children's movie. I don't really. That's not a kids' movie. No, no, no. I'm sure there isn't one called Krampus. There may well be. Krampus. Krampus. No, the Krampus movie you're referring to is um, a horror film. Ah. Oh. Lovely. Eighteen, probably not, rated eighteen, full not, of blood and gore. Not kids one. I wouldn't put it on for your children, right. no. So, ladies and gentlemen at home, if you are thinking about putting on Krampus, the kids' Christmas movie, think again. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to talk you through kind of some of his physical characteristics, so you can get an image in your head of what we are talking about. Mm. So, he varies you know, in different cultures and languages and different regions and stuff, but the kind of general consensus is, is that he's a very large, hairy, usually brown or black beast with cloven hoofs and horns of a goat. Bloody hell. And he has a long pointed tongue. That... Like mine, I've got a long pointed tongue. <laughs> um, and he has these big, big thangs. Fangs? You just said thangs. Fangs. Fangs. Hold on, let me just show my long-pointed tongue. The long-pointed tongue is making an appearance. There, there we go. We've got a Krampus on board. So, Krampus <laughs> normally carries chains and is thought to symbolise the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Uh, he flashes the chains for dramatic effect, as you would if mm. you had them on you. Um, the chains are sometimes accompanied with bells, mm. so he jingles all the way. Um, so, there... Some of them are pagan um, origins for him. 
and they are through something called Rutan. And that is, he carries around a bundles of birch branch, branches that he uses and swats the children, smacks the children with when they've been naughty. Oh. Um, the Rutan may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. Oh. Yeah. Because um, birch branches yeah, are... Well... Significant in in some they kind are of on quite, in quite a few things. Birch branches, aren't yes. They? Um, although in recent times the birch branches have been replaced with a whip, uh, and some catwoman tails, or um, just the basic whip, just the basic. Whoosh. Yeah. Um, he sometimes has a sack or a basket on his back with with torture things in it. No, this is used to um, cart off evil children, and he will drown them, eat them, or transport them to hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Some of the older versions um, often mention that he carries the naughty children off in a bag. So why does he come? Uh, and and so why is he related to Christmas? Do we know? Well, so I will tell you. So Krampus has often been thought to be part of the pagan rituals for the winter solstice. Right. Uh, and according to legend, he is the son of Hel, spelled H-E-L, and that is the North Norse god of the underworld. Mm. So that's his origins. That's where people think he's come from. But obviously with the spread of Christianity, Krampus become associated with Christmas. And it was despite the efforts of the Catholic Church to ban him. So he is kind of... A, a piece of pagan paganism history that the church tried to rid but just it persevered and carried on through oh, really? the ages yeah yeah so they tried to get rid of it because it didn't suit it didn't, like, it didn't like fit they in did with a their, lot of things yeah it didn't church. fit in with their their God kind of views and their bloody pick and choosing what they want us to know about pick and choose so obviously krampus and st nick are now said to arrive together they're there they join together and they arrive on the evening of december 5th and it is called, and excuse me if there's any Germans out there, Krampusnat. Right. Did you feel like that? That was quite good. Yeah, but why did you say it in German accent? Because it's a German word. Oh, how do you know that? Krampusnat. Oh. <laughs> Augustus, right, save some room for later. <laughs> um, and that is, that is loosely translated to Krampus night. Right. And so while St Nick rewards all the nice children by leaving presents and nice things, Krampus beats those who have been naughty with branches and sticks and whips. Um, evil bastard. Evil bastard. And in some cases he's said to eat them or take them to hell. Like I said, he's got the big bag on his back to whisk mm. them all away. Uh, on December 6th, that is St Nicholas's Day. And that is because the children wake up to find all their lovely gifts or to nurse their injuries from mm. Krampus. <laughs> Oh, that's I don't like him. So St Nick obviously traditionally leaves gifts like oranges and dried fruit and walnuts and chocolate. Um, but yeah, the bad ones just get a, just get a bit of hiding. An hiding with a load of birch sticks. Yeah. It's quite a sturdy branch, isn't it? Well, look, I don't like the bit about them being taken to hell either. Well, I think that maybe it's just a bit dramatic. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there's a bit of extra poetic licence. Just for being a bit naughty, come on. <laughs> so, um, like I said, they're still celebrated today. And they have something called Krampuschluff. That is, I don't Why know. Why you saying it in German? Because... <laughs> Because that's the word, isn't it? That's where it comes from. <laughs> Krampus, Krampus laugh, and that 
in English, ladies and gentlemen, is Krampus Run. And that is where lots of young men gather and uh, they all dress up as Krampus and run through the streets and they scare all the children that come to watch them. Um, it's mostly like in and around Germany. There's lots of beer and lots of carrying on. It's quite scary, actually, um, because the, the costumes... Hijinks, lots of hijinks, lots of hijinks, as our resident historian would say. There was hijinks. Hijinks. I would say, I will show you a video of one afterwards. It's terrifying. Is it? Yeah, because they're with their big tongue flopping out their mouth and that. and. Ooh. So, I mean, why do they celebrate something evil like the Krampus? Just because it's a tradition, I think celebrated, it's celebrated, and it's just carried on. You know, and so it's kind of nice to, even if it's a like scary thing, it's kind of nice to do that because we yeah. do Halloween. Um, and Krampus, the name derives from the German word Krampen, which means claw. That's because oh, like the hooded claw. Hooded claw. Penelope Pitstop. Help! Help! <laughs> Help me! Um, now, in the film uh, Krampus. The one that's just not, well, I'd say it's not long being released. I'd say it's maybe six, seven years old. There is um, a creature in there called Perchta. Mm. And in that, it's a demented kind of angel, dull thing. But her origins go way, way back again and have uh, very early Germanic roots. And it kind of goes round early Middle Ages. So it's kind of like 500 to 900 AD. Uh, she has several names throughout Europe, and one of these names I do know. So you have La Befana and Babushka. Well, we've heard of Babushka, haven't we? We've heard we? of Babushka. And we've certainly heard, because it's one of our favourite songs, and we always sing it when we're having a little booze on a Friday night by Kate Bush, Babushka. Kate Bush. So, again, her... her um, what's the word? Her, her reputation ranges... Or, or you could say... She is reputed. She is reputed. No, because we, we're talking about ranges here. So right, okay. in some kind of views, people um, see her as a kind of uh, quite a good figure, um, quite a sweet person. Others consider her to be sadistic and uh, very unpleasant. So we've got two opposite ends of the spectrum mm. here. She's always described as a domestic goddess. So a bit like me. Well, that's a bit weird. And she's either very beautiful with snow white skin or she's a wrinkled hag with a hook nose and raggedy clothes. So I can imagine that's where the opposite ends. I can imagine that the beautiful one's all very nice. Well, like we were talking about the Banshees, you can get quite opposite descriptions of, of her as uh -huh. well in, in Ireland. So it's an interesting... So, yeah, the same as Babushka then. There's two totally There's different... There's two totally different yeah. versions of... Uh, she also also has a giant foot, and that either comes from endless days working the foot pedals of a spinning wheel mm -hmm. or from her ability to shapeshift into a goose. Um, I'd go with the spinning wheel story. I'd go with the spinning wheel story. Uh, in fact, she's actually the legend and the inspiration behind Mother Goose. Is she really? That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So it originated with her. So she's uh, um, obsessed with cleanliness and good manners. And she's so obsessed with it that she leaves obedient children and young servants silver coins. And the bad children, however, get disemboweled and have their innards replaced with garbage, straw and pebbles. Yeah, well, a bit over the top. A bit over the top. Um, they often then get sewn up to suffer alone in ungodly pain afterwards. For God's sake. <laughs> it's a bit in extreme, isn't it? ungodly pain. <laughs> because they're untidy. Was Make that the sure thing? you she... wash your clothes. Yeah. Well, listen, wipe the floors. me as a child, I'd have been in ungodly pain and sewed up with garbage because I wasn't a tidy child. Uh, so she obviously she loves her tidiness and she often carries around with a broom, 
with her, which she can use to fly. Ah. So she's a she's a witch. She's a witch. She's girl. a witch, um, and she is a figure in various Christmas celebrations around Europe. Um, and Do you know, I've never heard of her at all. It's more kind of like Germanic and, and like Eastern European, Eastern European yeah. kind of places. Yeah. Um, she's also known to um, employ horned demons to help her punish the bad children. And they're like her minions, her disciples. Again, completely over the top. Now. I mean, these things always start from somewhere. I wonder where the original, origi you know, where it really, is it a pagan thing, do we know? I mean, where did that really come from? Because normally in your research, we can get to the bottom of most things we, we talk could, about. I would say, so if you're going kind of like 500, 900 AD, there probably was. Anno like, Domini, after death, so after Jesus. After the Jesus. Um, so I would say there was probably in a village a character that was an older woman who kept a very prim and proper house and you know, yeah. if, if people if people left mess outside she'd go out and whack her with the broom. Yeah, and then and then and then, and then do you know what I mean? It, and then yeah. as time goes on, because like every town has like the batty old woman that walks around yeah, the town. Especially and in they, them days, especially and, it, yeah. And and it goes down and goes out and it, it gets out of control. Mm. And I think maybe that's just where it's kind of come from. Because, listen, I don't believe that there is a woman with a big fat foot that can turn into a goose that disembowels children. Yeah, for being um, untidy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that... I, it's a bit it, of a stretch. It might even be, though, a lot of these things are kind of uh, a tool used by parents to encourage children to be, to, yeah, to be, yeah. to be good and to, you know, put what your things on. What was the other on. one? We spoke about a few episodes ago. And it was purely so, uh, parents told children it, be careful because so-and-so will come. I can't remember which one it was because we talked about so many Well, listen, of these there's things. probably about 500 yeah, different about so versions of, of, but they all serve the same purpose. Yeah. You know, it's all, all through like folklore and stuff is how a lot of kids then would have got their morals and understanding. Yeah. Because it's very easy to say, you know, you must clean up after yourself or... Yeah. This... Scare the bloody life out of them. Exactly. Mm. So... We leave Germany that is steeped with Christmas tradition. Mm. A lot of our Christmas traditions we owe to Germany. Uh, how Christmas is now, currently, for us. And I go over to Iceland. I love Iceland. Well, I've never been, but it's one place I really, really want to go to. Uh, now, I'm going to butcher some Icelandic in, in amongst this as well. So Can you speak Icelandic? Fluent. I was going to say fluent. F absolutely. <laughs> right. Wait for it. Mm. So, there is a thrice married Icelandic giantess that lives in a mountain cave near Dimmerboigish, mm. uh, which are the lava fields. Uh, and with her first husband, she lives in the cave. I don't know how we know that she's been married twice before this. She is meant to have extra sensory powers that allow her to detect misbehaving children in nearby towns. Right. She kidnaps the misbehaving children and cooks them into a delicious stew so sticks oh, them in the pot human child stew mm -hmm. she is also the owner of Yolokotorin and that is the hellish yule cat mm. which I'll talk about in a minute and she's Yuletide. also and she's also the mother to the mischievous yule lads which I'll tell you about as well mm. so I'm going to talk to you about the cat so 
her cat stalks the countryside and eats up anyone not wearing new clothes on Christmas Eve. Oh, for God's sake. The legend has it, though, that wall farmers use this story to um, scare people to buy in, into quickly, yeah. quickly processing all the winter wool, saying if you haven't got yeah. this, the cat will the come cat and will eat you. Get you. And it gets a tradition via the legends, yeah. It also got their workers um, on the farms to work quickly because in return for a bump harvest and, and for working really well and produ producing lots, they then would get their new clothes as a, a Christmas bonus. Yeah, yeah. So they was safe and was protected from a yo yokotorin. Um mm. But then obviously the slow ones would get eaten alive, dead. Um, yeah, and on Christmas Eve they'd be murdered. Christmas they? Eve, yeah, they'd be. That's eaten, your lot. Yeah. That's it. Um, and yeah. there are other versions, and the other versions is, is that the cat just comes and eats your food. Cats, <laughs> cats, cats, right. cats was... tend to do that anyway. Right, really. right. So one version you get eaten alive, correct? Yeah. And the other version they just come in and eat your food. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll go with the latter. Well, listen, I've, again, I think it's just a story that's got that's a bit out of out control. Of control yeah. So now we move on to the Yule Lads. Yeah. Um, and these are like the original Santa's little helpers. So imagine little tiny elf-like mm. creatures. Elflings. Yes, but this was before, long before Santa was a thing. So they were like, uh, I don't know, I'll try and explain them. So each Yule Lad had a nickname related to his particular brand of mischievousness. Like the Seven Dwarfs. Like the Seven Dwarfs. He had Stubby, and he was the short one, and he would steal the pans, uh, people's pans, and eat all the, the stuck-on bits. Yeah. Um, you had the Sausage Swiper, and he hides in the rafters, and he steals meat when no one's looking. Mm. Then you had Sheep Cot Clod, and he plays in ravines and harasses sheep. So he was Welsh. When not stealing food or bothering <laughs> livestock, the Yule lads would leave gifts of rotten potatoes in children's shoes. And if they were good children, they would leave them normal potatoes. Um, but again, in other versions, they would just kill children who were misbehaving. Yeah. Um, murder, scene, murder of young children at Christmas time seems to be a theme in, your, uh, in our myths and legends tonight. Indeed it is. But I move on from monsters. There, there's, there's actually quite a lot of mythical beings that are related to Christmas in particular. But I picked my favourite ones and they was just a bit outlandish. They yeah, just yeah. they eat everyone. So now I move on to maybe a little bit of the origin of Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas, yeah. where it's come from. And I know that currently we are of the belief that we celebrate uh, Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we have the nativity and all the things yeah. that go along and with it. And you know what? It's That's a beautiful, lovely thing to do. And I'm just going to say right now, bollocks to say in the holidays. It's not the holidays as far as I'm concerned. It's Christmas. End of subject. I'm never, ever going to call it the holidays to suit every denomination and religion out there that gets offended by absolutely everything these days. It's Christmas. Christmas. To me, it's Christmas. But. Just saying. Tradition. Christmas as a holiday was around long before Jesus. So here we go. So. Christmas is the middle right, of winter. Right, where did you get this information from, by the way? Various sources online. Yeah, so you've really researched to the backstory of this. Yeah. 
and yeah. they're and they're all um reptile reptilians sources of information <laughs> so the middle of winter has long been a celebration around the world and centuries before the arrival of jesus early europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest days of winter so many people rejoiced during the winter solstice when the worst of the winter was behind them and they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. Yeah, and we've covered some of that on previous podcasts, talking about, you know, druids and, you know, mm-hmm. similar things. So, yeah. Um, in Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, um, and that's the winter solstice, and they celebrated that all the way through January in the recognition of the return of the sun. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, fathers and sons would bring home large logs and they would set them on fire and they would feast, people would feast until the log burned out. Um, and that could take up to as many as 12 days. So that's why we have Yule logs. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the Norse... Would that have anything to do with the tradition of the 12 days of Christmas? Potentially. Because you're supposed, it's supposed to be the 12 days, isn't yeah. it? Um, the Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, that's interesting. The end of Europe, oh no, the end of December was the perfect time for celebration in most areas of Europe, because at that time of the year, most of the cattle were slaughtered, so they would not um, have to be fed during the winter. So for many, it was the only time of the year that they had a supply of fresh meat. Um, in an addition, most wine and beer made during the year had finally fermented and was ready for drinking. So it was a it was real joyous and festivity but and that, abundance. D- that doesn't say anything about the twenty fourth and twenty fifth. That's just general overall celebrations. No, but it's over had, this period. So it's, it's over that period. So really, it's nothing to do with Christmas. It's just what was celebrated at that time of year. But I'll go into how it's transformed oh, right, and how okay. it's moved on. Um, we also go go back to ancient Rome. Uh, the winters were obviously not as harsh because they're in hot climes. Hot climates, um, and they had something called Sat- Saturnalia, and that is the holiday in honour of Saturn, who is the god of agriculture, which is obviously a big thing for them. And this was celebrated, and it uh, began in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continued for a full month. This was a very indulgent time. Food and drink were plentiful. And normal Roman social order was turned upside down. So for a month, enslaved people were given temporary freedom and treated as equals. But Businesses... were they? But were they? Well, I reckon they probably Not were. Not according to the movies. Right, listen, if you... well, don't judge all your history but on Gladiator. What? Yeah. Our historian always says to us that there's not a thing in a movie that's ever historically no. correct. All, all so for we, dramatic we, effect. We, we can never, ever go on any movie, ever. Um, businesses and schools were closed as well so that everyone could participate in the holiday festivities. So again, over this, it's all about the winter solstice. Yes. And it's a big celebration for a lot of um, cultures, religions, countries. Yeah. Um, it still is for for a lot of people. There yeah. are people that still celebrate the yeah, winter that's solstice. Fantastic. Yeah, which you know, lots, and it co- and it and it coincides with Christmas time. So, in the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday, and the birth of Jesus wasn't celebrated. In the fourth mm. century, church officials decided that the birth of Jesus would then become a holiday and something that they would celebrate. But the Bible doesn't mention the date of his birth. I think some people say that it was, I think, either late December or early January. I know there's debates on, actually, was it the 24th and 25th? I can't remember where there's, we got there's those dates There's conflicting things, from. because a lot of people seem to think that it occurred in the spring. 
Um, and some of the things I pointed out is why would shepherds be herding cattle in the middle of winter? You wouldn't. Well, they never said they were herding them. They were, but why, they why, were on the fields. Yeah, but why would they be? They wouldn't. Um, so Pope Julius I chose December 25th. And it's commonly believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan festivities. Right. Um, first called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. Mm. So that's how um, Christmas kind of... I don't think it matters... I don't think what it matters. What day we celebrate it. I, I think, think we it celebrate it for the intent of the birth of Jesus and the Bible story and whether you believe it or you don't. I mean, <clears throat> I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I certainly don't believe in all what the Bible says. Don't believe in all of that because human beings wrote it. And to me, when human beings... I mean, we, we know loads about the Bible. Loads of stuff was left out because women shouldn't have had a say in those days and all that type of stuff. But I still believe in God and Jesus they exist in some form of, or, or say, source or or whatever. But I like I like Christmas, and I love I love the fact that we we do that. You know, whether it's the right date or not doesn't really make any difference to me personally. I'm not really asked. No, um, but obviously by holding Christmas at the same time as traditional winter solstice yeah. festivals is a nice church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced and um, gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated because people continued to celebrate the winter solstice. So they kind of gave up trying to tell people that you can't do this, you can't do that, it's about the birth of Jesus. And they was just like, listen, as long as you're celebrating that on that day, yeah. do what you like for the rest of it. So by the Middle Ages, Christianity, for the most part, had replaced pagan religion. Uh, and on Christmas, believers all attended church and then quite afterwards would all get blind drunk and it was like a carnival. So people, like lots of people describe it as kind of like what we would see today as like a Mardi Gras. Um, each year, a beggar or a student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule and eager celebrants played the part of his subjects and the poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. If the owners failed to comply, the visitors would terrorise them with mischief. Christmas became the time of year when the upper classes would repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining the less fortunate citizens. The peasants. The peasants. People like us. But, it, you know, all the way from the Middle Ages, it's been fun and frolicking and mm. festive cheer. Nice. But they still they still went to church in the morning. Yeah. And they all went to their service and they all prayed and well, they like all sung. Well, like our historian said, in those days they had to. I mean, it was even going back way, way before you're talking, I mean... All there was in this this country and others was religion and war. There was nothing else. You had to work, you had to go to church, you had to, you know, and there was war and politics and there wasn't really much else going on. So that is that is some Christmas origins, why we celebrate it. I thought it was quite interesting. So now I'm going to move on to Mr Santa Claus himself. So oh, yes. Obviously, we all know that Santa Claus can... It's all about St Nicholas, but St Nicholas um, is actually a monk who was born in Turkey around 280 AD. 
Yeah. Uh, and what happened is, is St Nick gave away all of his inherited wealth and travelled the countryside helping the poor and the sick. And he became known as the protector of children and sailors. Oh, why, why, why sailors as well? I'm not too sure. I couldn't really find out why sailors. Children I got because he would... Yeah. He was... Well, he was the protector of. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Maybe he travelled by boat. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? So, this could be a bit quick fire because there's lots to cover. So, Christmas trees. Why we have Christmas trees? Um, uh, uh, Victorians. Uh... Uh, Victoria's husband introduced it. <clears throat> to, it was really oh, introduced. You're, you're from, halfway. It, although it was in another country, he brought the tr tradition here. You, you, yeah, you've missed the, the beginning. You've missed the beginning. Yeah, bit, there is but... a beginning. I can't quite factually get it, but I know it came from Europe somewhere, and he brought it over, so it became. Oh, so evergreen fir trees are universal winter decorations, and pagans displayed the branches as a reminder that spring would come again. Right. Romans placed them around the temples to honour Saturn, and that's their that was their big festival mm -hmm. over the Christmas period, who's the god of agriculture. But the first time an evergreen was used as a Christmas tree was either in Tallinn, Estonia, or Latvia. Mm. And they they argue about who yeah, it who is. had it first, yeah. But it's in and around Eastern Europe. Um, in the sixteenth century. German Christians bought trees inside their homes as a symbol of everlasting life. Yeah. And so it, it stayed as a tradition all that time. When news spread that Queen Victoria and her German husband, Prince Albert, set up a Christmas tree in their palace, suddenly well, everyone it was the height of fashion. If it was good enough for the Queen. If it was good enough for the Queen, it's good enough for me. And from then, it huge, hugely symbolic in England and America, and we've adopted that as our own mm. and do that ourselves. But I like the, you know, it's the sign that you know there is great, there is greenery, there is still life. The spring will come again, yeah, and yeah. that is the general. Because they're evergreens, yeah. Evergreen. Bring what's still out there in, yeah. Um, now, obviously, what we hang on our tree, baubles. Again, these these are very symbolic as well. So. Originally, Romans would hang fruit from the trees. Um, and over time, the tradition transformed into baubles and stuff because obviously having fruit because is, I know not, is not Victorian days, practical. so many houses went up because they used to put live candles on the trees, didn't they? Mm -hmm. And of course, evergreens, it's like petrol. They go up because of all the oil inside the inside the pines. And they dry you don't out want inside and stuff. fire like that. Yeah. Um, so... Baubles that we have and know, like the traditional glass ones, come from Hans Greiner, and he mass-produced glass ornaments in the shape of fruits and nuts. So, right. But most popular was apples, so they would hang apples. Um, and this was because it was a representation of the tree of knowledge and the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. I was it was to say that. It was, to, that it was, to a, it was a recreation. The, yeah. So that's why baubles traditionally now are round, just round mm. balls, because they're representative of apples. Hmm. Little fact for you there. Now, Christmas tree lights. Where hmm. we where this come from? So there is a gentleman in the 16th century called Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, and he is said to be the first person to put Christmas lights on a Christmas tree. Now the legend has it that he was walking through a forest one night and was moved by the beautiful stars shining through the trees. When he got home, he recreated what he saw for his family by putting a tree in their living room and placing 
um, lit candles on its branches. Yeah. That's quite a sweet little yeah. story, isn't it? It's the, mm. So, the, again, so the lights are then meant, mm. meant to represent the stars that you would see yeah. in, in nature. Take a walk in nature, children. Mm. Now we move on to candles. Again, a lot of symbolism in candles around Christmas time. Um, so obviously during the darkest days of the year, candles and fire represented hope, warmth and rebirth in winter. Mm. And they eventually merged with Christian traditions for Christmas. In Scandinavia, young girls wear wreaths on their head lit with candles for St Lucia Day on December 13th. In New Mexico, luminaires or candles in paper bags light pathways at Christmas. And there's a similar Mexican tradition called Las Posadas. And that has young people carrying candles. And that is to symbolically light the way for Mary and Joseph during for the journey for Jesus's birth. Well, I think that's lovely. I'm going to cut in here and tell you about a ghost I saw once, a candle ghost. Um, I was living in the Highlands of Scotland. You know this, but maybe the audience that our regular listeners don't know. And I was living in a place called Port Sonican in Loch Orr, And I was up there working in a timeshare resort. And there, down, down the alley, there was a loch one side and literally mountains the next side. But of course, in those days, there was no mobile phones. And, there, and I wasn't allowed to use the company phones in the actual yeah. hotel. But at the end of the lake, well, not the end of it, but from my vision, you could see the light of this red phone box so i had to walk up there every night to call back and speak to family and friends and everything because of course it was way before the days of bloody mobile phones anyway i'm sitting there one day putting my tens and 50 p's in and i've turned around to the right hand side looking back up towards the hotel and i've seen a lady with a candle and i thought to myself what the bloody hell is she doing why hasn't she got a torch how ridiculous everyone and then and then, I, and then you know you just think these things and i thought well why would you bring a candle it's probably going to go out if there's a bit of wind anyway carried on talking i didn't think anything of it carried on talking on the phone looked back again and she got nearer but again she had this candle but of course i'm talking to everyone back home oh what's going because i was living up there at that point and i was missing all what was going back here um in the early early 90s and um so, I, you know, the second time she was still there, but she got a bit closer. But again, I wasn't focusing on her. I was focusing on, oh, my God, and what's happening, what's happening. Anyway, she got nearer. I looked back again, went to the fact she disappeared. She completely disappeared. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. She has to go past me or walk back up. If she's walking back up, I'm going to be able to see her. She hasn't. She certainly hasn't gone past me. Anyway, I couldn't work it out. But again, I'm talking, blah, blah, blah. And I went back to the hotel and I actually went in the hotel and of course, it was it was in the Highlands of Scotland, and I was talking to, to the um, the Scottish uh, workers in there, and um, I said to an old, old lady, Margaret, Margaret and Frank, they'd worked in this hotel for like literally like hundred bloody years. I mean, they were old, and she was cleaning the uh, the silver overlooking the lock, and I went and sat sat with her like I used to do sometimes. I said, I've just seen the weirdest thing. There was a lady out there with a candle, and then she she bloody disappeared. And anyway, I told Margaret all this. She said, what? She said, that's, you know, everyone calls everything a bloody white lady or a grey lady. The grey lady. Because nobody really knows the grey lady has who been. it was. Yeah, and she said, oh, my God, you've said, she said, you, you've seen her. She, she walks up and down from the hotel up and down the lane carrying a candle. And I went, no. But I saw her clear as day. But I just because I was talking excited about, I didn't put the two and two together. I knew it was ridiculous her holding a candle. 
because I think, why the hell hasn't she got a bloody a torch? torch. Why, what, Walking you know, around with a candle. Yeah, this was only in the early 90s. We ain't talking about in the bloody 40s where you'd have to carry a lamp or a candle. So, yeah, so interjecting about a candle, that's, and that's one of the ghost stories about candles. A little candle ghost story for yeah. you all. So we've got a little ghost story in. So now I'm going to give you the origins of tinsel moving on from candles. Oh, nice. Uh, so legend has it that European folklore says that um, we have tinsel because it's um, inspired by webs of Christmas spiders. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, on, and so like uh, like spider webs, uh, frosty, dewy. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's why we have tinsel. Yeah. So um, traditionally in, um, oh God, it was oldie time Germany. I don't know when, but old time Germany, they would bash out um, sheets of silver, very, yeah. very thin, and cut it very fine and, and place it around the tree. And they did that to reflect the candles. So then it shone and glistened. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Um, but obviously, as the tradition aged and it went to other countries, silver is quite expensive and tarnishes over time. So then they just started to use other things instead. Oh, nice. So there you go. I think that's lovely. Yeah, I like that story. I, I like, like that. Stories. Mistletoe, again, this is another thing that we... Um, Identify it's with about snogging mistletoe, hopefully, and kissing. And lots the, of snogging and kissing. kissing so, the again, this is all to do with Norse mythology. So, there is a legend that the gods used to used mistletoe to resurrect Odin's son Baldur from the death, from mm -hmm. from the dead, I should say. And so, Baldur's mum Frigg, who was the goddess of love, made the plant a symbol Imagine of love. Imagine being the goddess of love and being called Frigg. Do you reckon <laughs> what that's the what... Frigg? Yeah, but do you reckon that's why they say frigged yourself a frigging? Do you reckon that's associated? Because that's a weird thing to say, frig. And then it was everything comes from somewhere. And it then may the, well the goddess be. of love, maybe that's a little clue there into why people say frigging in the rigging. Frigging in the well, right? Listen, that's okay. You see, this is the thing. It's These an exclusive. You they... heard it here yeah. first. Um, but yeah, so she because of what this plant managed to do for her son, she. Um, declared it a symbol of love and vowed to kiss anyone who passed under it. The plant also ties into the holiday season because it blossoms even when it's cold outside. Yeah. And during Christmas celebrations in the 18th century, men were allowed to kiss any woman standing under mistletoe. And if the ladies refused, it was a symbol of bad luck or that you was ugly. Oh, I thought you were going to say, if the ladies refused, they were put in the stocks or hung or something. They probably because that were. would normally be the case that, with women. That would be the normally anything. be yeah, the case. Yeah, that would normally be it, yeah. But that is some of your Christmas traditions, Christmas monsters, Christmas hmm. things, why we do some of the things that we do. I like it. I like it. It was nice. Do you know any ghost stories for Christmas? Um there was an old man and he Is this real by the way? It wasn't a up? very nice man. And then there was a little boy of a crutch, and he was always very oh, nice. Oh, no, that's not... <laughs> and then, I am the and, Christmas... And then he went to bed one night, and then he was visited by three ghosts yes. in one night. Mm. And then the end one is a scary one. Yeah, the ghosts of Christmas future. Oh, and he shows him. He shows him his grave. So I mean, that's just ghost proof. stories at Christmas. That's proof. Hold on a sec. That is proof and fact that you have to be a good person, otherwise that does actually happen. It's just good to be a good person. Yeah. Especially exactly. at Christmas, Santa's yeah. watching. I mean, I actually believe in 
Santa. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, I watch these Christmas movies and I still, after watching them, cry all the way through most of them and then still have a little pray to Santa and, you know, Father God and everyone up there and say, oh, Santa, please, please, you know. Because somebody, because listen, because somebody's listening. Might not be Santa, but someone's listening. Someone's having a listen. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back in the new year for a little something, something, I'm sure. I shall have a little look, see if I can find any anything related to new year. There's got to be some New Year ghost stories. There's got to be some... Listen, with all the ghost stories we do in Hollywood and all over the world, we've got to be able to find some um, ghost of New Year, you know, some in um, some manor houses or stately homes. Someone always appeared at New Year. There's got to be some repetitive ghost stories there that we can... We shall have a little look and see find. what we can find. We'll try. We're not making any promises, though. No promises here. Because sometimes when we say something, like, it ends up like being Bigfoot or something. Yeah, listen, we're pretty erratic over in uh, the Haunted HQ. But, I mean, if you look at our back catalogue of episodes, we've covered so much stuff. Myths, le legends, hauntings. Um, there's, some, there's some good episodes in there. Yeah, we encourage, if, you, if you haven't listened to the back catalogue, we implore you to do so. It is very good, all very interesting stuff. Um, but anyway, guys, I hope you've all had the most beautiful Christmas and I hope you've spent it and been merry and got to see some family and, you know, spent good time with friends. Yeah. And I hope the new year brings in lots of good for you all. Just keep on praying, keep on positive. doesn't matter if you don't believe in God and Jesus, just pray because someone up there is listening. So keep the faith in whatever this faith is, keep it. Keep praying, keep feeling positive, and good things will happen. Eventually. Eventually. It might not seem like it, but, you, you know, you want it enough, one day it'll happen. And if anyone wants to send me a Christmas gift... <laughs> what would you like, Fred? <sighs> Winning lottery ticket. Right, well, no, that's unrealistic. What would you like realistically? I need some new pants and socks. Do you? Yeah. Haven't you got them all? See, that's the thing with fellas. You always want to get them that, and then, of course... You end up getting them other things. I promise you now, when I was a kid, I was like, really, as an adult man, the best present I can receive, pants and socks. Mm. Not pants, boxes and socks. Well, I said to my stepbrothers at Christmas, oh, I didn't get your socks because that's what everyone wants. And everyone gets in, it's boring to death. And guess what they said? Oh, no, actually, we could have really done with some socks. Really I'm like, what? Done with some because socks. that's always a joke, is it? It's always a joke. Get them socks. Oh, I don't need any more socks. And, and I said, oh, it's that all socks? And they said, actually, no, we could have really done with socks. I'm like, what? Joe, my Jake always appreciates as well a good link set. Every man I know loves a good link set. Because, listen, because that just means that we haven't got to buy shower gel. We haven't got yeah, to buy gel. it smells lovely. Ain't got to do any of that. Yeah, you ain't got to do it. Ain't got to do it. Because you use it, yeah. It's and, it, and he gets so many, they can last him up to March, April. Yeah. That's all right. Jess, my son, got, we counted, 26 bottles and things of links. 26. Well, that'll do him all year. Well, because his birthday's on Christmas Eve, so that's birthday and Christmas, and then his birthday, and obviously Christmas Day. But combined, 26. That was only from... The family here, not his dad's family in London. He's like Christmas, not not including theirs. I mean, that that's a lot. And I said, listen, it's blinding because he loves it anyway. Listen, Saves me a few quid. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Saves us all the dough. Anyway, we digress as we normally do. But listen, guys, have the have a great time. Have a good New Year. Have one for us, and say. 
And hopefully... Thank you, Vanessa and Freddie, for keeping us entertained all this year. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, if anyone wants to thank us for all the hard work this year, it won't go me. Just a little email or a little message. Um, hopefully, you know, obviously in this country we can celebrate uh, this new year. Be careful, everyone. It yeah, is serious. Be careful. Be safe. Covid, yeah. But, yes, thank you, guys. Thank Good guys. night. Good bless. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.